You are listening to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. I'm Leanne Dolan, and this is our weekly recap of the CBS drama Madam Secretary. Shutdown was the name of the episode. Uh, and I'm here with my sister, Julie. And Julie, we've got a lot to discuss. Things were happening in this show, weren't they? Yeah, they were really quite a dramatic episode, Leanne. Um, relationships seem to be very fraught, and uh, and there were no pastries on the big conference table this week. Did you notice that at the state on the sixth floor? It's government shutdown. I know it was really uh, just shocking. Those same pastries that have been in every episode of Madam Secretary were gone, gone, gone. But first, Julie, I have to issue a formal apology to incoming uh, Madam Secretary cast member Sarah Ramirez. Uh, It was announced right before we went on the show last week that she was going to be stepping in as a series regular. And we were bemoaning the fact that Bibi Newworth was leaving and that there would be no more singing and dancing. And I only know Sarah Ramirez from uh, Grey's Anatomy, a show I don't really even watch that much. And so I apologize. She is a Tony Award winner who attended Juilliard. So, so do you think she can sing and dance? I Liam? think she can sing and dance. I think she I've can seen totally all the videos that people have posted of her singing and dancing yep. Yep. to uh, to make a point to you yes. in particular or to yep. us that yep. indeed she's pretty talented in this area she's and that we can hope. Yeah. Now hope for some big things for the office Christmas party. Okay. So formal apology to Ms. Ramirez. I am sorry. I didn't do any homework. I just saw the news headline and I jumped to conclusion that because you were a medical doctor, you couldn't sing and dance. But apparently that's not true. You are a singing, dancing medical doctor. So and don't you feel good about that? I kind of feel I like that about Madam Secretary, that there's this undercurrent of talent that yes. at any minute – Perhaps they'll break into a dance, a song, or a song and dance together. And you know it's there. And uh, so it could happen in every episode. Okay. So at at any minute. But it couldn't happen this episode, Julie, because we had only three people working at the State Department. (laughs) I know. It's pretty pretty amazing. They're running that whole ship. Three people. All right. No pastries. Last week we had the government shut down. Everyone's on furlough. Everyone's been sent away. So it's a skeletal crew of essential personnel there. And that essentially means Bess, Jay, and Blake. And they are holding uh, the entire United States diplomatic court together. Those three. (laughs) That's right. Right. They're warding off all kinds of, you know, uh, revolutions. Uh, They, you know, they have an Ebola crisis to deal with. Three people, they're handling it. Yeah, Yeah. they got it. They got it. And even though it's in the middle of the government shutdown, the A number one question they keep asking is, when are we going to hire the the new chief of staff? So that will bring the total of people at the State Department to four. And I guess that's why right now Blake is the acting Chief of Staff. I think and he's doing a marvelous job. I was really kind of rooting for him. I know. William, I, know. That, uh, I thought maybe this would be a step up for him. For yeah. him, But as Blake said, he was getting a stress rash from, <laughs> you know, trying to, you know, keep up and keep the whole thing going and, and doing sort of a wide range of activities well outside his normal job description. I liked when Madam Secretary gave him that pep talk, though. So keep it up. You know, someday, someday you could, you could, you could be a Chief of Staff. 
So right. now he has a work goal. Um, but, okay, the, this show is really as much about sort of the elus- elusive work-life balance, especially in yeah. careers of public service, than it was, you know, about any particular plot point. Because we had – we saw that from the Secretary of State to CIA agents, to Chief of Staff, to the White House intern. All the characters were making decisions based on their needs and their interpersonal relationships. Who were they as a wife, as a mother, as a fiancé, you know, as a handler, you know, what to deal with. With their kids and their spouses, so I thought that was—I I thought that was woven throughout the whole episode, and I really enjoyed that. Well, Leanne, well put. Yes, uh, excellent analysis. Thank you. <laughs> that's <laughs> really it's pretty good, Leanne. Did you go to college and I did. stuff? Yeah, that's I went good. To yeah, it shows. And, uh... It shows. It must have been a liberal arts college, right? Yeah. It was. Okay. Uh, okay. And a big shout out to Jason. I was happy to see him back and I thought he had a really good show. He always, you know, he reminds me of my own, you know, smart mouth son. So I yeah. enjoyed I enjoyed that. Don't you think Jason is getting cuter too? So cute. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that it is, he's an actor of a, a particular age where they go through sort of an awkwardness in yeah. terms of what their, their looks are. But what they look like. But Jason doesn't have that. It's like he's getting better uh, as he ages. And yeah. so, yes, I enjoyed I enjoyed all his uh, retorts in the kitchen there. So um, and it was interesting. I'm glad they're focused on him. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, too. I like with the, I like it, too. So I did um, like that he put the milk box on the kitchen table because, you know, our mother felt very strongly. She didn't like milk bottles or milk boxes on the table. She always insisted we pour it into this highly impractical pitcher, copper pitcher we had, with which we would then spill. Right. Yeah. So, which but, also made the milk taste kind of funny. So, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> yeah, it did. It looked yeah. good. And it was okay. I still have Sorry. it. I have it. Uh, uh, to digress, sister. Okay, carry on. Okay, so for low time, let's break it down. Uh, international health crisis, you know, Ebola popping up in various places, and oh, here it is in Dallas, comes to the U.S., uh, but Bess can't get anything done. She can't get any resources. She can't make anything happen. She can't, you know, put together a coordinated effort because of the furlough. The whole nation is being held hostage by one senator. We just call him Senator Nemesis. Okay. Right. And they're not, and they're not allowed to talk to each other, yeah, even I mean, outside the office. Which how, why seems is that? I don't Ridiculous. Which ridiculous. And how true? are they going? Do you think? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll have to do some deep research on that. <laughs> uh, but the black bra under the white shirt takes, uh, that takes precedence okay. in terms of research, but yes, that they're not allowed to um, have any offsite meetings or uh, discussions and it would put a jeopardy, you know, put everybody's job in jeopardy. So, so Bess is supposed to go to Paris for some big international conference and she and Henry are waxing poetic about, Oh, how they're going to eat croissants on the balcony of their Parisian hotel room. And, you know, we know that's not going to happen, right? Because that's not how it works for them. They don't get moments like that. Uh, so instead, she has to go on sort of a PR offensive as at, at Russell's request about how stupid the government shutdown is. And that goes right. very poorly for her. She she gets <laughs> turned on by the press. She ends up becoming the story. Uh, she looks like the, you know, Washington elite uh, spears and daggers are thrown her way. And so instead of going to Paris, she has to go to Peoria to mm-hmm. a toy factory. I, right. It just, that, 
That was a, it was a little sort of a stretch in terms of yeah. it, but uh, allegedly this uh, and they were going to stay in a B and B that was called Kettle and Biscuit, uh, and that uh, the scenes where they're both in the fluffy bathrobes in uh, sitting on the cheesy chintzy couch, so it sort of did look like a Kettle and Biscuit uh, yeah. B and B there, yeah. but. Yeah. But yes, so she's supposed to go to the toy factory because they've hired a large number of recent immigrants um, to work in this toy factory. And she's going to give an inspirational uh, speech and turn the news narrative um, around. Right. right. It's, you know, you, you don't really see the secretary of state do that, but that's OK. So off she goes. They're in the matching bathrobes. And don't you know it? She and Henry have a fight. Right. I know. It was a good fight. It was too. a good fight. I, it was a fight yeah. that was brewing because it was yeah. over Dimitri. So, as you know, Henry has become overly involved with one of his spies, Dimitri. Yeah. Uh, he nearly had him killed and beaten in Russia. He feels guilty about that. So even though he's brought him to the United States, he saved his sister's life. He put him in witness protection. Now he's working at the CIA. But, of course, he has an opioid addiction. So he's in rehab. Henry still feels awful, and he blew off an afternoon with Jason at the spy museum uh, to spend. Pretty odd that here you the, both the mother and the father have been deep undercover CIA agents, and they take their child to the spy museum. Well, he was <laughs> doing. Look at, uh, all right, but, he was but doing I, a report on the CIA, but okay. yeah, it seemed right. odd they hadn't been to the spy museum before, right. but. It, it did seem odd. But, but maybe when you live in D.C., you don't do the touristy things. You know? That's possible. Yeah. So, That's so they have this. It's a pretty good fight because it's been brewing. Bess is like, I don't understand why you'd spend more time with Dimitri than your own son. Oh, that was a classic, you know. Yeah. That happen- yeah. That and I happens. thought there was a lot of energy and emotion in their fight because yeah. obviously in real life, Bess and Henry are a real life couple. And so maybe they brought some stuff to this <laughs> set. Think, like, you think you know, they did? Like, Henry hasn't taken out that garbage, you know. <laughs> Tim Daly is like just not doing doing the right stuff at home. So I I, I like that scene. I mean, it was sort of shocking because they were all so lovey dovey at the beginning of the episode, and it is so good to see Henry upright. Can I say that? Yeah. I just like yeah. seeing him stand up and use his two hands and not be in the crutches. Okay. Well, I want to point out they were in the bathrobes before dinner. Okay, that's you know what I mean. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Am I right? I picked up on that. Oh, yes, yes Liam. So, oh, yes. So okay. this was, you know, uh, this was a this was a post bathrobe pre dinner fight. And, yeah. you know, maybe they just were able to summon that emotion, Julie, because they're actors and that's what they do for a living. I don't know. But uh, maybe it, was- <laughs> it could be the garbage, Liam. <laughs> I think it's think about it. I think it's about the garbage. OK, carry on. But I thought it was a fair fight because then he sort of lashed out at her like, who are you? What are you crazy? You're the secretary of state. You're never home. Like I've yeah. covered for you. And that's a real fight that couples have about work yeah. life balance all the time. Uh, so. Well, to wrap up the actual storyline, Bess manages to save the day. She somehow, uh, um, against Russell's wishes, she is able to broker a compromise with Senator Nemesis. She does it in a stairwell with an impassioned plea to get the politics out of politics and to do right just for the sake of doing right. I like that scene. I thought it was a good scene. But she pays for it because Russell shows up at her house uh, and does not want a glass of wine. And he tells Bess, stay in your lane, Bess. Yeah, yeah. stay in your lane. Well, yeah. he had told her something in confidence, that they had dirt on Senator ne- Nemesis. And they were planning to to go low on Senator Nemesis uh, about his wife. 
and that by put, you know putting out all this embarrassing information about Senator Nemesis' wife, that that was somehow going to put the ultimate pressure on Senator Nemesis to cave on the budget things. So that's what best. So she betrayed his confidence. So no wonder he was mad, and no no wonder he told her to stay in her lane. Right. But, so, but nobody nobody puts Bess in a lane, right? No. Man? Nobody puts no. Bess in the lane. No. No. She has her one light bulb moment when she's interviewing all these potential chiefs of staff, even though no one works at the State Department. She's getting one. She's getting an employee. And then it's Jay that she really wants as her chief of staff. He just says and does all the right things at the right moment. And she's like, that's it. That's what I want. I want you. And he has his own parenting crisis because he, of course, it's bring your kid to work day for Jay every day. He just right. lets a lot of strangers take care of his child. Have you that noticed Chloe, that? Chloe, it's just who was the woman on the floor at who the State she? Department with, with, with Chloe? No. And then when he turns the, Chloe over to Matt, uh, Matt apparently kept Chloe in a stroller for eight hours, yeah. Leanne. Did you yeah. notice uh, I just... Yeah, who knows? Yeah, Jay is so grim. I, what do you think of him as a chief of staff? I, I'm not. I'm not on board with this. I mean, of course they like Jay because he knows all the policy. You know, she trusts him. And as uh, as Beth said, you've been kidnapped. So right. you've all, you know. So he's used to sort of the high stakes of working right. at the State Department. But I nearly killed you last year, and you're still here. So great, chief of staff. Yeah, we'll see. He has to make the decision, though, because Matt, who was his temporary babysitter for the day, was giving him grief about being a bad father. I That yeah. was sort of an interesting yeah. turnabout to have two men having that conversation. So I appreciated right. that from a writer's point of view. Um, but those jobs are devastating. Those, you know, those government jobs for the four, eight, 12 years, however long you're there, you know, they, people work a lot of hours and they make a lot right. of tough decisions. So, so Jay was weighing that, but he took the job anyway. So he took the job anyway. So presumably Chloe will never get out of that stroller. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> She's never getting out of the stroller. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're, uh, when Matt is your babysitter, that you are really scraping the bottom of the barrel, in, you know? <laughs> And she says nothing. They I mean, have. I was like, was screaming at the set, you know, care.com, you know, okay? <laughs> There's all kinds of online babysitting things, okay? Care.com, promo to- code SISTERS. It's 30% off. <laughs> okay. Come so it's a good point. But they made the point that they had to shut down the preschool diplo tots because of the because of the furlough. So that's why he was caught short. Okay. Okay. So, I can understand that. So Jay having his own crisis, but decides to take the chief of staff job. Okay. Then we have Henry and Dimitri with their weird ongoing father, son, not father, son relationship. We kind of covered it other than to say, I think rehab has been very, very good for Dimitri. I mean, he looked fantastic. Don't you think his lips are getting bigger? Yeah. Is, is it just me bigger and puffier? <laughs> I think. But here's the thing. Yeah. Do you believe Dimitri? I don't believe Dim- no. Dimitri. I no. do not believe Dimitri. And I think Dimitri was very upset with Henry because Henry came and Dimitri was really, he was like, he wanted to make amends. He's doing the steps, you know, and right. he is, he is, he was have, trying to have a very heartfelt conversation with Henry. And what did Henry do? He just pulled out a file and said, Hey, do you know this Russian guy? So he was just using Dimitri to get uh, information about some Russians that that, uh, that's part of a CIA operation. And I think Dimitri was really hurt that he was trying to have a personal 
deep conversation with Henry and Henry was just using him. So oh, totally. there's going to be backlash there, Liam. That's backlash. very insightful. That's insightful. Well, you lived in Russia, you know, the Russian soul. So, and yep. you, yep. and you don't trust them. So that's... Only, what they say in Russia is your only true friend is your dog. Okay. <laughs> just remember that. <laughs> okay. You I think here. they say that about Washington, DC. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then the last relationship couple we need to talk about is Stevie and Jared. It's Jared, right? Or is it Jareth? What is it? Jareth. She calls him Jareth. Yeah. Jareth. I mean, okay. he, he is a stiff. He is a, a total drip. He's yeah. a jerk. Uh, I don't care how cute he is. He's got to go, Liam. Got to go. I'm with you. Yeah. He just puts her down and kind of diminishes her all the time, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. she's trying to make something and he's, he puts her down. She's trying to make kidney pie without any kidneys in it because I guess she's a vegetarian and that's fine. I, I don't know. He has no sense of humor about himself and his parents have disowned him and he clearly blames her for that. But he still wants to take her back to England where his family was awful to her so she can go to Granny's <laughs> 900th birthday, you know. Right, so, right. And – She's on furlough, so there's nothing to do. She decides to go. And then at the last minute, she gets that call from Russell, like, get donuts, you know, furlough's over. And she's getting in this, getting in the cab, and uh, she decides not to go with him. I was rooting for that, but that was hard I was to do. too. I mean, he, he didn't understand. No. I mean, he's, uh, he was he was really not not at all sensitive to what she's trying to do or trying to build. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so I okay. think she, she seemed like she had come to this crossroads, like to be a grown up. Like, remember, she got married. She got engaged when she was ridiculously young, very young. You know, she was still sorting stuff out. She's really only like 22 or 23. So now right. she's figuring out what, what to do with her life. And it's not going to include that British snob. He's just a no. drip. He's a drip. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we don't like him, writers. If you're listening, <laughs> please get rid of him. But then it would, it would clear that Elaine for her right into the arms of Dimitri. Yes. With those yes. Puffy lips. Yes. Okay. Who yeah. will who will use her uh, to get state secrets? So yeah. Oh. Oh. But they'll have okay. a couple cute scenes before he starts to turn her. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> um, but now in our binders full of blouses, I mean a a discussion erupted on the satellite sisters Facebook. Group <laughs> yes, it did. About Lynn. the black bra under the white silk blouse that, that Bess was wearing. Julie, you have noticed this before, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have not. This is the first time I've seen it so clearly. She gets to the office. There's only two people, so they got to work really hard. She rips off her blazer. She's standing there. The light's coming through the window, the fill light. And it's no doubt she's wearing a black bra, bra under white silk. First of all, why does Blake not set her straight on that? I mean, what do you think <laughs> that, what is that message about, Julie? What I don't know, Leanne. This, she's making a statement with it. It's very deliberate. I mean, maybe this is like, don't mess with me. I got my black bra on and you just better back off. Uh, but it's just, I, it's, it's, uh, I don't understand it because uh, her, her clothes are so conservative otherwise, uh, much more so this season than right. previous seasons. Yes. I mean, she's just in her suits with her, with her blouses. We haven't seen a lot of, you know, a, a lot of deviation from that, but there's some, um, something about the black bra. Do you think this harkens back to her days in the CIA or something that she just wants people to know that she's underneath, she's very tough? I don't <laughs> Or sexy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. It just does seem... It it's not working right. for me. Would you ever wear a black bra under a, a very light 
Uh, no, so bra- I, unless no. I was like, had pa- was the only bra I pack, so I'm stuck. But even that, it would really bug me. But we yeah. had several theories that it, it was some sort of menopause thing. Uh, on the Facebook page, people thought, oh, when she ripped off her blazer, that she was sweating and stuff, that there was some uh, some acknowledgement of menopause. And that made Well, yes, that. I thought she was having a hot flash there when she got all hot and bothered. And she she uh, she was definitely that was a full on hot flash. Leon. You may not be familiar with it, yeah. but I'll just uh, trust. Just trust me. That's what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> OK, that's <laughs> that's what was going on there. But she still put the bra on to begin with. Yeah. Before the hot flash. The, mm-hmm. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we can get to someone there to, to answer, uh, answer a question answer about the black yeah. bra. Yeah. The white shirt. It's yeah. very disconcerting. And I can imagine for a number of diplomats around the world, they're asking the same question. You know, what? why the black bra under the white shirt? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, huh. You know, I, you mentioned that. I remember when we interviewed Madeleine Albright on Satellite Sisters, when her wonderful autobiography came out, she talked about meetings when she would be in a room with like 12 men and uh-huh. her, and she would be like, can someone please open the window? <laughs> because she'd be getting hot flashes at like summits all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's an allusion to that, but the black bra is a mystery. And we're talking yep. about it. So in our blinders full of blouses this week, we had the black bra. You know, the blazers, tell me what you think about those. They're blue and they're boxy. Like they're, they're not, they're kind of old school blazers. I mean, as yeah, you said, I, not I'm not about following it. her with that fashion trend, Leanne. I mean, okay. I think it works. Uh, I think it works on Tia Leone. I'm not sure it's going to work on anyone else. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then uh, the matching bathrobes, very cute. And we knew what they yeah. meant. That was code. Right. We got it. Right. We understood, people. We understood. Uh, anything else about this week's show? I, I love Stevie's uh, uh, sort of airport clothes. That was a really cute little blouse and sweater and cute boots. Uh, she just keeps bringing it in terms of fashion. It seems like they're directing all the fashion stuff to Stevie now because she has a larger role. And Bess is just, other than the black bra, uh, white white silk blouse uh you know she's very conservative about things but yes i thought it was a, a pretty interesting episode in terms of relationships uh, so i've got my eye on dimitri you know yeah. i'm rooting for stevie and i say more jason because he's super cute yeah okay all right you know we also recap the pbs drama pole dark uh this week on the show um well, there was a lot. There was a lot of. It was heartbreaking. This week's Paul Dark episode. First of all, we could see it. It was brightly lit, so we, <laughs> yes, it was. we appreciate that. Le- to- fewer prison scenes is yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and there was uh, just a heartbreaking um, Morwenna scene, forced to marry the wrong guy. But Julie, you observed that her bra cup seems to have changed. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the kind of TV watching we do for you here at Satellite Sisters Talk TV. You know. <laughs> I think she went from an A to a B. If you watch the initial episodes with Morwenna Uh versus this past week, just Uh do a little compare and contrast. Okay. And then also uh, we do our regular Satellite Sisters show. Uh, You can find that on its own feed, Satellite Sisters. We cover a lot of ground this week. Our sister Liz has some career advice for Paul Manafort you're not going to want to miss. Urbanana, you were back in Brooklyn and you were making it happen there. You have some advice for new mothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a feel good story, Leanne, that's leaving me a little queasy now, okay. too. So, <laughs> All right. So that's our regular Satellite Sisters podcast. Uh, Julie, anything else? You got anything else? I happening? think that's 
I think that's it, Leanne. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking forward to next week's episodes. Yeah, me too. Me too. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Thank you.